HBO Max. Max, 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 Max. HBO Maxwell Lord. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the Superhero Slate review of Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, It feels like the last time I saw a movie was in 1984. Mm -hmm. It's been forever. Uh, this This is a big, exciting moment for the podcast in this year because what the last time we talked about a superhero movie or to be specific a comic book movie was bloodshot right yes blood's hot bloodshot (laughs) yeah no yeah yeah bloodshot and then literally i think it was a week or two before that was actually the other dc movie this year uh birds of prey oh you know what wow this probably isn't a very good sign for the movie at all but we are just totally forgetting about new mutants that came Uh, out yeah but i mean Well, let's. This is. I guess the the deal with New Mutants is. Uh, while it is newer, when we had to wait like a month or what? No, like maybe it was a month and a half to finally watch it, if not longer. So, I I, I don't hold that up because this was actually a scheduled release that we could all sit down and do together, uh, legally, uh, and have a have a have a have a superhero movie watching time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to just to season just to season the the expectations a little bit more. I think a lot of people were looking forward to this movie, right? I mm-hmm. mean, if you look at the predecessor, Wonder Woman 1, uh, yeah. that made a big splash for a couple different reasons, right? You know, one of, I don't know if technically if it was the first uh, female-led superhero movie. Uh, I think some people like might actually give that to Catwoman unless they consider her yeah. uh, a villain. Uh, but either way... It was a big, big success for DC or the DCEU or whatever they want to call this current phase of, yeah. of superhero movies that they're in. It was like the first time that they really turned the ship around, right? They were like, oh, wow, no, they can actually do this, you know, directed by P- Patty Jenkins. I, I feel like it was a big it was a big moment. Like Wonder Woman was here. It finally felt like they got their footing, right, well, with that I, first I, film. I agree with you, but I don't agree with the word they. Uh, I feel like it was um, this was a one of the lifeboats broke off and got away from that ship <laughs> because that ship did not correct itself after that. Let's, let's be honest, the ship as a whole was still barreling uh, towards that waterfall, uh, right? And and but Patty Jenkins like, let's get in this boat, and let's go the other way. <laughs> uh, you know, in fact, let's go back to to World War One where no one can touch us. We got a nice little safe bubble here to play yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, but it basically it kind of created this expectation of. Wow, they really they 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 did a good job here. Let's see what the next mm-hmm. chapter in the story is going to be, uh, because we were not looking towards uh, Zack Snyder, uh, Wonder Woman, in Batman vs Superman or Justice League. Mm-hmm. You know those uh, those ships uh, sank, if we could use a lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right yeah, I think edge. a lot of uh, I think a lot of people were looking forward to this movie, not just because it's a sequel, but also it's been delayed just like everything else. We were supposed to, supposed to get this much earlier in the year. It kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. Yeah. Uh, we every single week since the pandemic, we thought that this was going to be kicked to 2021. So it made a big yeah. news splash when we were going to be getting it day and date on Christmas Day. And I mean, if you think about Christmas is always a really big movie holiday, right? I didn't really grow up particularly with the uh, with the tradition in my family of going to the movies um, on Christmas Day. But I know a lot of people do do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's obvious they release movies around that time. So people are going, if not on the day, the day before or the day after, depending on when these movies it's, come out. It's 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 a it's a universal time frame where people are not working and, you know, your day screenings during, you know, Christmas week up through New Year's could even be full, right? Like, this is like, you want to fill your theater seats, this is the time you put out a movie, right? Because like, yeah. this is normally the past, what, f- six years has been, what, Star Wars territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, and, and we've not had that. I think Avatar was supposed to be, Avatar 2 was supposed to be out this Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that was delayed. And it, you talked about this, this. We've actually been prepping for wonder woman 2 since november 1st of 2019 was one mm-hmm. of the original release dates. so we're 13 almost 14 full months out since uh, we've been waiting on this movie so they've had a lot of time to think about it and work on it and, and, and do some stuff with it yeah. as well if they wanted to yeah so this is just kind of another way to say is there's expectations around this movie right 
this is something we've been looking forward to. It's kind of a, a little bit of a shining light in a pandemic that we kind of get to see something premium for the first time in a long time. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's not, I would say it's uh, not so much of a normal situation uh, yeah. for this movie. So it's just weird. It's a, it's kind of like you got to put all these stipulations out there, right? This just isn't a normal moment. So uh, uh, what, what that, do we say? We, there's, a little, there's always going to be a little asterisk and a footnote <laughs> to this movie, right? Yeah, oh, what, what I, about? I, I think I saw that like uh, HBO or I don't know if it's technically HBO Max was making uh, made an official statement. I don't know if it was like today or maybe like last night of, you know, Wonder Woman has ex- exceeded their expectations. But you can always assume that, you know, a streaming service that's not giving you hard data, it, you know, you could just assume that they're lying or they're pushing numbers. So you, they're, yeah. it's just a very untrustworthy well, source. So we we ex- may never we expected five people to watch this. And, uh, <laughs> lo and behold, six did so, no, yes kidding. so uh we may never know um you know financially how well wonder woman uh would have done but i would assumed it would have it would have had a strong box office oh. weekend and under a normal environment yeah, right and, you know well and, and it is still in the box office normally uh around the world just i think this is like america is one of the few countries that got this on hbo max um because I think if we look at that deal, some of the other countries are, don't get this. Like we're like mm-hmm. the U.S. And, and our HBO Max is like one of the one of the unique scenarios. But yeah, I think it's still bringing in money. But like it's not a normal again asterisk, not a normal release year. This could have, you know, what's the limit? Like how how good did Wonder Woman do, Mike? I don't remember. Um, uh, I don't remember. I don't have the original box office numbers for the original Wonder Woman, but I mean, it, it was it definitely got up there pretty positive. Good. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember if it was necessarily breaking records, but it was. Uh, no one could say it wasn't a success. You yeah. know, critically and financially, I, I think everybody was very, very happy with how it performed. But uh, this also goes to goes to say that it's also kind of competing with another movie this holiday weekend, yeah. another another direct to stream property, Soul, which we're gonna re- be reviewing that on the podcast yeah. as well. So make sure you're subscribed; you'll see that in your feed. But it's weird because this is gonna be one of the only times ever in history that these two movies might get compared, right? Yeah. Even if this was a normal traditional box office release, you know, people like put these movies in different buckets, right? I mean, Pixar movies make a lot of their money not on opening weekend right they make it over the lifetime of their theatrical release where these big blockbuster superhero movies they're raking in almost all of their cash like the first two weekends so uh and and i just myself just on twitter this weekend i saw these two movies head to head in almost every tweet about films this weekend so uh these two movies might end up getting up compared in our reviews but this is this might be a reason why it's just this is just a really strange long-winded way to say of we're still in 2020 and things are Right. still really weird well it's I, I actually had the other um it's, it's interesting I've, we were talking about this before i had the other interesting uh, approach that some people were only seeing one and not the other i was i was interested to see you know talking to people some people only have hbo max and not uh, disney plus some yeah, people have disney yeah. plus and not hbo max but at the same time knowing um how well that disney literally put out their numbers what a week two weeks ago when we had this the big reveal mm-hmm. for disney plus like i think um i think the the idea of soul getting more eyes is easily um, on streaming easily assumed because of how many people have Disney plus versus how many people have HBO mm-hmm. max at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah really we're, we're, this is a very unique situation where we're going to, we're going to talk about both these. We're going to do a little, little reviews about them, but I think this one's going to be our more broken down of the two. Uh, well, you know, yeah. Cause we, <laughs> we have so much more, we have so much more context around the film. I mean, you're listening to the superhero slate podcast, uh-huh. right? We love all things, uh, superheroes, uh, movies. Uh, this is TV we, shows and everything yeah. in between. <laughs> yeah. We're just basically doing the intro of the podcast yeah. again. I mean, we love digging into the meat here. Uh, so, uh, all of that being said, we're going to talk spoiler free at the top here, just real quick. And yeah. we'll let you know when we dive into spoilers. Cause like, like Chris said, not all of you have HBO max. Uh, you, may not live in a safe enough uh, part of the world to go see this in theaters so uh we'll do spoiler free here at the top and then we'll dive into spoilers for the majority of the review so much like we always do chris uh i have no idea what you think about this movie we're kind Mm -hmm. of going in here blind you and me so uh chris i need to know i need to know (laughs) what did you think about wonder woman 1984 well I feel like I really had to watch the other 1982 movies in between here to really understand. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's, that's a bad joke I've seen everywhere, and I just had to get it out of my system. Okay. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, I think Wonder Woman 84 is truly a sequel movie. But, uh, you know, even though we delayed a year, this movie is not um, one of my favorite DC movies. 
uh, not even close. Uh, I, I wish it was in an upper tier echelon, but I would give this, if I was going to grade it, and I don't normally give letter grades, this is a C plus B minus range movie for me. And that's, I feel kind of being generous sometimes, but I got to give a lot of credit to the actors. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed the actors. Again, these are these are actors we've not seen once or twice before, right? These are these are regular. I don't think anyone was new to this, uh, you know, actor-wise. So I think that was great um, to have them these four solid, you know, main actors. But at, at the end of the day, when I looked at this under a microscope or even at a, at a just a magnifying glass while I was watching it, there's a lot of this that just doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> and I wish I could had more explanations. But my wife, my wife is a huge fan of the first Wonder Woman movie. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you, you know this, Mike. I'm a, I'm a Marvel guy, right? Through and through. You can look uh-huh. at look at my room right now. But you know, you she don't went need out, a mi- you don't need a magnifying glass to look no, at you. <laughs> you actually probably need a, you know a wide angle lens to they see can all just this stuff. They can just smell it on you. Yeah, right? it's, just it's, down the street. They're like, it's a, <laughs> yeah, I have Iron Man cologne. It's true. Um, but but my wife really likes Wonder Woman one, and even she was like, you know. I wouldn't, she bought the first one. She's like, I'm going to buy it out to our collection. I liked it so much. And I'm like, that's great. And she's like, I wouldn't buy this one. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of telling for someone who's like a bigger fan and you know what their expectations are rather than me looking at this from a filmmaker point of view. And one mm-hmm. of the benefits of being able to watch this on HBO Max is Mike, uh, when we break into spoilers here in a little bit, I have notes. I have notes I took on this movie and I don't normally great. take notes on great. movies. I'm We're like, gonna- this is... We're- I think we're going to need them. We're, we're going to have to talk about these things because I got I to gotta really dig into this with Mike because I was thinking about you the whole time. I'm like, I got to talk about this. <laughs> so uh, honestly, at the end of the day, I think, I think Wonder Woman, it's, it's got some great acting. There are a few good action scenes, but this none of, the, none of this feels like it was an earned movie, and I don't know if, if that's you know, due to editing or how the story was laid out or what's going on. Uh, and I'll talk more about it in spoilers, but I just feel like, you know, C plus B minus at, at best on this, on this film, Mike. So, um, give me your breakdown. How did you feel? You, you came off of this, what, yesterday, Saturday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I watched it Friday day, like right at noon. I was like, I'm on it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I got to know what you, you did a day later. How did you fare? Yeah. Well, we're going to have a good afternoon, Chris, because we have very similar opinions on this movie. <laughs> we're not going to be clawing and scratching at each other like uh, we did with uh, some previous Star Wars movies yeah. in the history of the show. Yeah. Unfortunately, this movie is just so uh, meagering, right? It's just so middle ground, which is the whole reason why I introduced uh, this film the way I did. A lot of people had a lot of expectations for this movie. We were waiting for it. We wanted to see Gal Gadot. I think that's how you pronounce it. She said Gal Gadot on like an interview the other day so I, I don't like know I've where been it is pronouncing it wrong no matter which way yeah. I say it but we have been waiting for her to return to the screen Patty Jenkins I mean we just got the news weeks ago that Patty Jenkins is moving on to the Star Wars universe now I mean she is being catapulted <laughs> she is being catapulted into the stratosphere right now so just very high expectations for this and then when you sit down and watch it it's just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment now uh, I had a friend text me that said, oh, man, is Wonder Woman as bad as everybody's saying it is? And I, and the only thing I could say is, like, it's not a dumpster fire. Like, this yeah. is not, this is not like the worst movie of 2020. This shouldn't be anywhere near any Razzie category, right? But it's yeah. just, it just pales in comparison to what they did with the first one. Uh, uh, on Saturday morning, the first thing I did, I watched when I got up was the first Wonder Woman movie, which was conveniently on HBO Max. And I have to say the biggest standout from that first film to me was the action it's so much fun i mean uh when the germans invade the mascara on the beach and the amazons are like swinging down on the rope shooting arrows i mean that's all like badass i mean talk about the no man's land scene i mean that's so amazing mm-hmm. even that third act kind of cg battle with Ares, the god of war and now that i watched it you know i think that's maybe the third time i've seen it now it's like you know maybe it's not as like generic as i thought it was there are some cool parts in this scene but yeah nothing in the second wonder woman film even comes to the heights of the action that I enjoyed in the first film. But I can definitely agree with you that the performances were on point. I mean, obviously we're huge fans of Pedro Pascal here, yeah. the Mandalorian himself. I mean, the first thing my wife said when we were watching it, when he walked on the screen, she's like, shouldn't he be wearing a helmet? I'm like, yeah, he should be wearing a helmet. Mm-hmm. But his performance is great as an actual His hair world. was enough to be a helmet. Oh, uh, the 80s hair. So- it's so fun seeing him so animated too, right? Yeah. And just goofing and laughing or, and just like hopping around because like he's so muted as the Mandalorian. So I was, I love seeing him on screen. I was actually surprised. Uh, I did enjoy uh, Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoyed her performance. Uh, I would say maybe the first 
two thirds of the film. If, right. if you get what I'm, if, if you get what yeah. I'm getting at here, we can talk uh, about so, writing later. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was actually surprised that she was able to kind of pull off this uh, role just because, you know, everybody knows her as this comedic actress. I know she's done some more dramatic uh, films more recently, but I, I haven't had a chance well, to catch them. What, what's uh, uh, her last big role? Correct me if I'm wrong, the Ghostbusters movie. I think this one, last one we talked about even. Yeah, I think that might be right. And then obviously we have a, a, a Gal Gadot and Chris Pine come back and, you know, it was great. All, all of the returning cast felt just like the first Wonder Woman film, but yeah, when you just get into writing, when you get into decisions, like it, I think this is the first time in a long time my biggest complaint about a film is the plot, mm-hmm. right? It's just the plot. I just I don't I don't know how to review it without talking about it because it's yeah. just nothing but spoilers. Well, uh, but it's just it's so it's just it was just disappointing, right? You wanted it to achieve so much more, but you can't be too disappointed with your kid, right? Because like you said, they still got like a C plus B minus. I mean, yeah. if it's not their favorite class in school, you know, it's okay. You know, just go and concentrate on the stuff that you love. So. Yeah, it's just weird. I just I'm not going to be able to sit here and just like really yell at no. anybody and blame anybody, but you, you're yeah, gonna, you're going to you're going to give it a nice stern look and then be like, "You know, you could do better." Yeah, it's uh, okay. Just, you know, shake the do some stretching, shake the dust off, come back in the third film. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, those old classic, you know, uh action trilogies back in the day growing up. And you know, uh this was before the internet, before you could talk to strangers uh online about how you felt about movies. And you 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 would meet up and talk with like a friend and be like, "Oh, no, I really like the second one. Oh, well, I really like the third one." Yeah. Well, I kind of like the first one too. So and this it's is like, this it's is ca- original <laughs> Star Wars trilogy conversations right here, right? Either yeah. like A New Hope, Empire Return. Nothing's wrong with any of them, but you like the ones you like. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's just where yeah. that's just where the feelings lie. You just wanted yeah. so much more out of it, you, so you, you just kind of wonder what happens. We, we've seen better, and we know better. And I want to talk about what happens. So let's go ahead, and I'm just going to mark this right now. You're going to jump in the spoilers, so our time mm. codes are in the thing. Um, Ready, Mike? Three, yep. two, one. Okay, we're, we're in the clear. So Patty Jenkins had an interview and said that recently, like it was like last week, and said DC made her rewrite, or Warner Brothers, rewrite the third act of her first movie. Oh. And and she was against that, and, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And what she she, has, what she she liked, great, as any director should. Now, if they didn't make her rewrite any of this, who's at fault? Is it Patty Jenkins? Because now I'm starting to worry, does she deserve a Star Wars? And should <laughs> she do a Wonder Woman 3? Yeah, no, uh, I... I had a very similar feeling. Uh, you know, usually I kind of go to the conspiracy theory that people talk about with George Lucas, right? When he returned to the prequels, that he was this bigger than life character that nobody could criticize him. Nobody could tell yeah. him wrong. Nobody, nobody on set could say, hey, George, this is kind of a weird idea. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Now, I don't know if Patty Jenkins is quite to George Lucas territory when he was yeah. approaching the prequels, you know, just within the length of career and what she has accomplished. Not saying she's unaccomplished at all, but, you know, George Lucas was kind of like this weird type of uh, uh, kind of a sample point. But yeah, it makes me wonder, like, did Patty Jenkins do such good work for Warner Brothers with that first Wonder Woman movie, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, kind of turning the boat around, maybe keeping it from sinking, separate lifeboat, whatever boat analogy you want to use. They were obviously like, we got something here. We need to keep her here right. at Warner Brothers, which kind of didn't work because she kind of ended up going over to Disney. <laughs> but then I also saw headlines that she might be coming back for the third one. So who yeah. who the hell knows? But yeah, it does make me wonder, does she have enough pedigree over there at Warner Brothers for people not to step on her toes anymore? Well, I wouldn't say it's pedigree. Warner Brothers always has touted themselves as a an artist first, director first, right? Kind mm-hmm. of studio. Now that may become under fire because of the HBO Max stuff they've done. Um and, and, and we've talked about this off, how directors get all uppity for no goddamn reason. It's not their money. <laughs> but, um, but, they, but you know, maybe they were like, you know, Patty, you did such a great job. We're going to pull our reins back. You know, this is what Disney did with the Russo brothers, right? Like, Marvel was like, you know what? <laughs> you did good Winter Soldier. Free reign. Let's go have some fun. Go do what you need to do. James Gunn, same thing with Guardians 1 to Guardians 2, right? So, like, you know, is I don't know if she's larger than life. I don't think she's untouchable. But, you know, maybe they, they just didn't be like, you know, Patty, you've got something in your mind. You're seeing it. We don't want to step on your toes. So if you think it's right, you proved us wrong last time. Let's 
let's go this route. So, you know, there, it's like they say, and as this movie, lightning doesn't always strike twice in the same place. So, um, <laughs> or when lightning does strike twice, it's for literally no reason yeah. because the coolest thing that we saw on the trailer for this film was her using the lasso on the lightning. Wow. So cool. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like creative problem solving of her trying to get to a location or trying to avoid or move something or like, Oh, she's got to like really flex her Amazonian skills. She's going to ride the lightning. What was the point? She what? can fly. She was flying literally before that scene. So what? why was she even doing it? Well, um, so so well, actually, I'm that, sure you. I'm sure you have the note written down she, on your note. I do. She she wasn't <laughs> flying before that. But I will tell you right now, Metallica's Ride the Lightning came out in July of 1984. Why the hell did they play Metallica's Ride the Lightning at any point in this? Do you realize how much of a like a synergy that could have been? Like, yeah, sure, we're not putting Metallica or Wonder Woman because that's too. I'm like, this is great stuff. Now, let me tell you, I love the 80s aesthetic in this movie. I think uh-huh. it feels thoroughly a 1980s all all around here. But I want to talk about the first scene of this movie. Oh, the mall, the mall no, heist. No, pre-mall. Oh, the you're talking about the, the Ninja Warrior course, right? <laughs> yeah. So they go in this this American Themyscira Ninja Warrior course for these women, right? And 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 of course, little Diane is in the lead until she fall uh, falls off her horse and she has to go get it. Now, question: They said she cheated. Did she really cheat, or did she just have to go get on her horse? The horse ran the whole way. So she didn't really cheat, did she? She just missed this checkpoint, which is like a video game. It's just kind of like, it's this weird kind of like very basic storytelling of just like, okay, we want to set up our story at the very beginning here with the moral of the story, right? What kind of obstacle is our main character going to have to overcome? It's the, you know, oh, it's the idea of cheating or taking a shortcut in life to what you actually need. And it just, it just didn't really, uh, it never paid, it never (laughs) paid off. It never once paid off. Like they just put this cool ass scene in there where they're running all over the island, right? Um, doing their triathlon and, and shoots, which is cool. It was a cool scene, mm-hmm. but like it, the whole point was cheating. Well, this whole movie wasn't about cheating. They didn't cheat. They, they wished they had to, you know, know that they're, you know, you know, to get something, to take something, you have to give something up. They didn't talk about that in this opening scene, which would have been a great way to do so. Um, mm-hmm. didn't do it at all. And, and, and then I think it was a way to set up, Hey, do you remember this, uh, golden warrior with the big wings that, that we're going to use for like two seconds later? Here it is in a, in a statue form. Um, so oh, I didn't even, I, I didn't even catch the fact that that's that, where they uh, were running to, to, to get oh, her. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't put that together. Yeah. So, uh, I, the opening scene was just goddamn atrocious, but then we go to the mall scene. So this whole mall bank robbery heist thing, right? I think it was cool. I, I liked Wonder Woman rushing to say there. She was swinging around with her lasso of truth, doing cool stuff. Mm. But why would the other guys in this heist who are across the mall pull their guns? Why wouldn't you just run away with everybody else? Yeah, and I didn't really understand. I mean, obviously these criminals are dumb and stupid and don't really know how to properly perform a heist. But why did he grab a little girl, right? You know, usually when you grab a hostage, you know, you hold them and then you back away until you get a door that you can escape from. And his idea was, no, I don't want to go back. So I'm just going to attempt to murder this child. Like, what was his plan? Like, really, (laughs) right? Was it just, I'm going to drop the kid and then run? But that doesn't make any sense because the people on the third floor. I'm not going back. You're not, you're literally stuck now holding this child over the edge. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. But, you know, chalk that up to uh, stupidity, right? Because we're just a little bit into the movie. You know, there you can put up with a little bit of just kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. As long as there's something cool to go along with it. Because at the beginning here, we do get a little bit of Wonder Woman action, right? The lasso is really, really cool. She's leaning on the lasso a little bit more in this film. And I think it looks it looks fun. You know, yeah. uh, we have we have seen similar heroes that use kind of like ropes for traversal. Like I was thinking a lot of Spider-Man, especially mm-hmm. since we've been playing Spider-Man the video game. So Wonder Woman's a little bit more floaty with the lasso. She's a little bit more elegant, but it looks really cool, right? She definitely knows yeah. what she's doing. She's no longer this proto Wonder Woman. She's been doing it for 50 years now because the first... First one was in the 30s, right? No, no, World War One. It would have been like 1917 or so. So she's been like 60 years. Okay, so like she's she definitely knows what she's doing, but the the floatiness sometimes looks cool yeah. throughout this film, and then sometimes it feels like the the people on the visual effects team, uh, the visual effects supervisor, just doesn't quite understand physics, and it makes me think that maybe this could be like a Patty Jenkins things as well, because at the end of the day, she has the final say. Yeah. Like you know, you could you could be delivering her an action scene that's just like okay, wow, here's it here's it really grounded with physics, and she's like no no no, she's an Amazonian, everything needs to feel a lot lighter and. Flo- 
floatier. So can you please go ahead and do that? Yeah. And the supervisor could just be like, I don't think this is a good idea, well, but the, the director's telling it, me to change it. So uh, this is me trying to say, at sometimes the floatiness seems elegant and cool, well, and then sometimes it just seems like, I just feel like the physics engine broke well, on this video I think game. I think a lot, to me, from a production I think that was actually physical stunts, and then they masked the wires out because they wanted a glowy rope. Yeah, it did kind of feel wire it, it, It's very wire-framey, so I think they were doing that. Now, I will tell you, of the DC films, the mall scene in Shazam is better. Uh, if I were to pick mall scenes out of out of DC movies, I like that one better. But I we, forgot that was a Christmas movie. I could have watched that the last couple weeks, could, and I forgot to watch it. Could have Shazam, <laughs> the Christmas movie, the Christmas special. But I also, it was also weird. Like, why are there two little girls in this thing that go out and get in trouble, like, or get in the way? You know, because she has to push the one girl into the the beanbag thing, and then there's one being held over the edge. Like, it felt really weird. This opening scene, like it. it in the mall. It was also kind of strange because, like we just said, we've established that Wonder Woman has now been around for a while. Yeah. And I understand that there's no internet to really, you know, propagate, you know, what she could be doing. But she's very openly fighting crime. She's in a costume and everything. Mm -hmm. But then the news reporter outside the mall is just like, who was this mysterious person? It's just like, I feel like Wonder Woman would be a thing by now, right? Everyone would know who she is. You know, she's not being some sort of like fly-by-night vigilante. She also cannot fly. So therefore, I guarantee you all this is in D.C. So wouldn't everything in D.C. be associated or attributed to her? Yeah. Like, it's a so, very small area. It's not like she's going to, to, yeah, to New York you or almo- You almost expect in these scenes these little girls to kind of have, like, Wonder Woman costumes on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they might be wearing their own Wonder Woman tiara, or they're carrying, like, a Wonder Woman lunchbox, you know? Yeah. Even if they're bootleg, you know? I'm not saying Diana officially sanctioned this merchandise. But, you know, that's kind of what you expect. But they just seem to be infatuated just because she's there, not really from her any sort of legacy. Yeah. No, exactly. So, I, it was definitely... Definitely weird. Now I want to. I, I, I my notes are all over the place here. <laughs> I want to jump to to actual um, Maxwell Lord Pedro Pascal. Yes, says, okay. I, 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 there's so much we can talk that's good about this character. Yeah. So much we can talk about where this is the worst parts of the movie come yeah. from, right? Exactly. So one, how does he know about this magical stone? Like he just has papers on it. Like no one else is looking for a magical yeah. stone in the yeah. world. Like yeah. that was very convenient. Yeah, this is this is like a this is like a a, a weird uh crutch. Not crutch, I would say. This is a weird problem that every DC movie always has to solve, right? DC is not grounded in science like Marvel is. And I'm not yeah. saying you have to be grounded in science or physics or some sort of space, you know, aliens, you know, make your movie. It doesn't necessarily make it better. It's just a different problem to solve. DC is a little bit more magical, right? Especially with yeah. this film with gods and stuff. So you have a you have this issue where you do need to explain villains and magic, but also not over explain it because you're just going to get in your own way. So, yeah, if you introduce this idea of like a magical rock. You need to explain where it comes from. And they attempted to do that later in the film when they say, oh, it was created by like an ancient god because they look, you know, inside of that ring and she reads yeah, that, it, that that god language. But we never really get a resolution on that. Like, was it the god of lying? That well, it sounded like it was it? like some sort of version of their Loki, really. But like, yeah. but like this guy can find this damn rock, right? The, the, but he couldn't find oil in anywhere in the goddamn world. Like. <laughs> Like, oil seems a lot easier to find than your magic rock, yeah. buddy. Like, you should probably ex- stick to that. Yeah, I was expecting the payoff of seeing this god at some point yes. in time. At least in some sort of flashback or maybe some sort of, like, tableau or art or something. Or you know, He could have uh, been the one guiding Maxwell to yeah. the rock. Like, where did well, you get this or, information from? Well, it happens yeah. to be this trickster dude. Or Diana does her, like, flashback magic. You know, maybe she touches the armor and she sees, like, a memory where we see this uh, character again. It just felt like something that got left on the cut room floor mm-hmm. um, now I I don't know how much of this uh, characterization of Maxwell Lord or the stone or the magic is rooted in like comic book lore but I have to say I do like the mechanics of it I like the idea that if you wish for something if you wish for something on the rock, it just automatically takes away your most prized possession, right? But when Maxwell Lord becomes the rock, he gets to choose what he takes away. Right. And I really, really like that mechanic, but it was very confusing at the beginning. I wasn't really sure what the rules were right away. So I wasn't sure if he had just become a magical genie and he could just, and he was making his own wishes, but then he was also having other people make wishes because I like that limitation that he mm-hmm. had where he had to force other well, people to make the wish for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got kind of confusing because when he went to Cairo, Egypt, 
he wanted this sultan uh, who was actually played by the actor who is Rami's dad in the Hulu show Rami. And I've, yeah. I've recommended the show Rami before on the podcast. So go watch uh, Rami if you want to see some more of that actor doing some really good stuff. So he's like, what do you wish for? And he's like, oh, I want like my ancestral land back. And then uh, he goes, okay, well, I'm going to take all of your oil. And then everybody laughs. But he's like, oh, but I gave the oil away. Uh, but, if, but, yeah. but if he's making the wish, though, he still should be able to take it. But I guess that's not his anymore. So he takes a security team. So it was really confused. You don't really, really get an idea of what the rules are well, until halfway through the, until a little yeah. bit more halfway through the movie. And, and, and some of it is like instantaneous, but some of it seemed gradual. Like, right. Like we'll talk about Barbara Minerva in a minute, but like, she wished for something and then it wasn't instantaneous. Like she didn't get her power or like the strength for like a couple days. Like, yeah, it was kind of like, it was like a freaky Friday scenario. Like, Oh, you wake up, things are changing. Things are starting to be a little bit different. I I I mean, it's sound. I, 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 it's going to make us sound like super picky, like basement nerds, right. Talking about the wish mechanic in this movie. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Just pick a direction and stick with it. That's if it's gonna the be, MacGuffin, if, right? Yeah. If it's going to be like nebulous magic that can kind of do whatever it wants in any sort of way, you got to set up, you got to set up in our mind that like nobody really knows how this works, but it's just like, why does Steve Trevor have to come back in the body of another person? Whereas yeah. why do the nukes just appear out of thin air? But then when the nukes disappear, they don't disappear. The nukes actually kind of fall apart. So, well, so it's almost like taking back the wish doesn't make the nukes disappear. So, it just makes them disassemble and disintegrate. But, but, so it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. You're not following the logic that you set up for how this stone works. You are, are things appearing out of thin air or are they just stop you, working? You are 100% right because I wrote here in my notes, do things just un- – like there was this clip that uh, an explosion undid itself in reverse. So are things undoing themselves or things like, do they leave the results? Like he, that guy wished for his ancestral home back, right? He got a wall. The wall really doesn't say this is your land. It's just a wall. So when he renounced his wish, the wall disappeared. So do other things just disappear or do some things oh, stay God. the same? Well, like don't. what were the end results of these wishes? Like I, the guy, I, I, <laughs> well, Maxwell Lord's like, I renounced my wish. His wish was to be the stone. Where's the stone now? Did it yeah, go I back mean, to, to, to life? Is it done? Like, is is all this over for good? What what, I mean, what are the end results? I couldn't help but laugh. I, the whole renouncing the wish thing is so dumb because it not only did it feel stupid when you're watching it, it just made me think of uh, Michael Scott on The Office declaring bankruptcy. Yeah. When we were watching, I just told my wife, she's like, you just can't renounce your wish. There's paperwork you got to fill out. Yeah. It just felt so silly and I don't understand I saw some other people uh, uh, agreeing with this sentiment online of just like why couldn't they just get Maxwell Lord to undo his wish since he was kind of the crux he was the he was the fulcrum that set this all in motion mm-hmm. like why couldn't he just undo his wish and then everything else falls back they, on it they said right? that the, like they were like the only way to get this undone is to destroy the stone or get the original person so if he renounced his wish the stone's destroyed so therefore mm. it should have all fallen apart right The logic of this movie doesn't make any sense. It's convenient. Sure, it's easy to follow if you don't think about it. It's it's fine. Like, how can you you possibly believe also that that Wonder Woman could convince a bunch of people through their TV sets, you know, to undo their wish, right? That's that's billions and billions of wishes that like that's so much to ask of the audience to believe that that could happen Mm -hmm. that's why it's just so much easier to just pin it all on maxwell lord just convince this one guy to undo it but i think the the reason that they did it this way is one to make wonder woman seem larger than life right oh she's such a powerful hero that she can get the entire planet to be good at once but also it just seemed like a really cheap way to keep um to uh to keep Kristen Wiig as a uh, cheetah, right? It's just like, oh, well, technically in the movie we never see Cheetah undo her wish, right? Like it, it, the the scene cuts off just beforehand, so it's just like, oh, this is a cheap way of keeping no. her as Cheetah. But why does she go back, right? Well, like, I don't, I wasn't hundred percent sure I, she I, undid her wish because she's not a Cheetah anymore, but she still has all that grunge look to her. So I was like, okay, well, she's still powerful, but she just doesn't look like a cat anymore. I, I, I don't wasn't th- entirely I think, sure. I think that ties into the Pedro Pascal saying, I renounce my wish takes away everybody else's wishes. I think that's what that was trying to say, but it doesn't do a good job doing it because I yeah. guarantee you, Kristen Wiig did not say I renounce my wish. I guarantee you her character was so ingrained with 
with this new evilness and power that she would never have given it up even if yeah. someone told her to. Now, I think the other thing that they said and didn't really declare is that the lasso of truth was around uh, what's his oh, name's his leg. Ankle. So oh, it was touching that, all the people, therefore... That, everything about that yeah. it gets me upset and it just it's just because it, it's like nobody wanted to pay attention to details uh. in this movie it's like somebody was like oh it's a comic book movie people don't give a shit yeah. but it's just like you just showed me how difficult this situation was for diana right she's trying to get to him but he has this magic pulsing off him or whatever and she can't get to him she tries to whip that lasso at him like at least three times it doesn't get anywhere near him all is lost she's up against the wall she like literally and figuratively there's nothing that she can do but then all of a sudden the camera cuts over and then the lasso's around his ankle how did that happen like mm. how did she get the lasso there i'm not saying that she couldn't do it she's a pro with that lasso she's been using it the whole movie she has all of her powers back but you just showed me that she couldn't do it so yeah. what had changed from that there? scene yeah. uh, like a minute ago to now like she never solved the problem so i don't get it and then I love the I like like they said they can't follow any of their own rules right you set up this very strong kind of um, this rule that you have to be touching the stone or you have to be touching Pedro but then this wacky thing about photons uh-huh. oh I can be beamed to everybody and my presence will be there what is this Willy like, Wonka's chocolate factory it, I mean <laughs> I think the idea is really dumb but at the very least if you're committed to this idea of beaming um, of beaming Maxwell all around the world at least have the people touch their TVs right so at yeah. least they're interacting physically with the photons and that's such an easy detail to do anybody can reach out and like touch the TV but I guess you know then you have to explain like why the why the Irish guy in the bar touches the TV and then wishes for the woman that dropped dead. Yeah, I mean, like we said, that's the biggest, single biggest problem with this movie is the plot. Like, yeah. nobody was taking it seriously. Well, and then it, so you just end up like being in these murky waters of nobody wanting to serve the plot. While we're on Maxwell Lord, the guy didn't like his fucking kid. Let's not pretend <laughs> him, his kid talking to him made him change his mind. Yeah. Every time that kid, he was like, oh, it's my weekend again. How many weekends do I have to watch him? And then he's like, kid, I love you. You're like everything I do. In life. I'm like, you don't like this kid. You don't like your kid at all. Why are you still hire, here? Hire an actor, a, a kid actor with a little bit more personality, right? This mm-hmm. kid didn't do anything. Like, I'm not saying kids need to be good actors, but I mean, this is Hollywood, right? You can find somebody that can put a little bit more emotion into the role. And if you can't, Pick a different fulcrum for the character. Do not use his child because this actor kid is not working. Yeah, exactly. It's it was not good. I mean, Jesus, it, Maxwell Lord. I, I again, great actor. I think he really Ooh. sold his desperation and like he wants to be like a you know everyone's favorite person. But like man, how he got to where he was was no, no not 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 done yeah. well at all. Now let's. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe let's move on to the next uh, second biggest problem in the movie. And I want to say it's probably Steve Trevor, right? I mean, oh, I, I was, was, was going to go to Barbara, but yeah, we can do, okay. we can do Steve. Trevor. Let's, let's knock on these guys first. So Steve <laughs> Trevor, this, there are 30 other ways you can bring Steve Trevor back without mm. putting him in some other person's body and then rotating the camera around and showing us <laughs> Steve Trevor for the rest of the movie. Because yeah, so. really, it just makes Diana look like a crazy person, right? Yeah. Like, you could just assume, like, she's going insane. Like, do people actually see Chris Pine or do they see that dude and she's just the only one that sees him? I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing and that's a, a, a plot that you could have taken in the movie, but obviously they didn't go that way. They didn't really set that up either. Like, it's some. Cra- I just thought it was some crazy dude or he was going to transform into him, really, but... Like, it was literally just, he's in somebody else's body, and that's the way she sees him, so that's the way we have to see him for the rest of the movie. Yeah, we we so easily could have believed. He said, oh, the last thing I remember was it blowing up in that plane, and then, you know, there was nothing for a little while, and then I woke up on a park bench in front mm-hmm. of the Washington Monument. We yeah. all would have been totally okay with Some that. Some things in this magical world appear out of nowhere. Some things inhabit another person's body. Where did that other person go? <laughs> is he dead now? I mean, I know yeah. he's back at the end, but in that meantime, like it, it, this, not to talk about the movie Soul, but <laughs> a lot of parallels there. Um, but like he, it's just where's this other person? Once he do it now, I will tell you, I did say out loud, 
I would watch an entire movie of Steve Trevor adjusting to the 1980s because uh, yeah. I was like, this is probably my favorite shtick because Chris Pine is selling it so well. Uh, well it was fun. And it was like a role reversal, right? You yeah. know, when we see Diana in the first film, he's adjusting her to the to, to human yeah. life. This is what the real world is. This is what clothes are, you know. <laughs> it makes me think of soul. This is what pizza is, yeah. right? You know, they were doing that. So now the, the script was flipped and that was one of the more enjoyable parts of the film where he's just trying to get used to modern life he's just amazed by the subway you know and he's taking it very seriously like he's not mocking it he's not like Mm. he's not like oh my god this is i would never have thought of this in a million years but he's like yeah i'm trying like i couldn't ride this bike down the street i don't know why but that's fine i'll walk like like he was literally trying very hard to adjust to it and i like watching it like he didn't do one of those things where uh, Diana was taking his hand and showing him everything. Like he was running ahead and looking at everything, like in the Smithsonian Museum, yeah. and she was just like very amused by his musings, yeah. if you will. My my wife right rightfully had a few complaints about the some things that he was fascinated with. I guess in one scene he was going on and on about how much coffee he had, yeah. and uh, we both agreed like they had coffee. They've we've had coffee on this planet yeah. for a long ass time, so. Maybe, maybe, I was maybe to, the speed at which he could, because yeah. he said several pots of coffee. Yeah. I'm like, I was trying to reason like, oh, maybe he got instant coffee, but we really never got to see that. Yeah. And then also he was fascinated about a lot of pockets on his pants. And then yeah. that sent my wife off. Just like dudes have had pockets all over their pants forever, especially like military people. Like yeah. they, they have pockets out the wazoo. So it was a strange thing to be noticing. But some of those other things were pretty funny. Like the, yeah. I did like the exercise bike bit. I mean, we saw the trash can bit in the trailers, but I still. Yeah. Thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. The escalator bit was fun as well. Uh, he the, was just trying to figure that out. The break. I thought of you when I saw the break dancing scene. Uh, he was like, because <laughs> they like spun around. He like flinched at it, and uh-huh. she's like, "No, it's fine. It's fine. Just keep going." Uh, yeah, I, I think. I think. And then at, at the uh, he had kind of an Indiana Jones scene, like one of the bigger action scenes. Right, was in Egypt. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever they were doing, was it? I think it was Egypt, right? Because there were the pyramids, like driving yeah. the car. It felt like Indiana Jonesy of uh, the driving down the desert road and, uh-huh. and doing stuff. It felt, you know, it was very isolated from everything else. Yeah. But I, th- I think but he. We- we can, we we cannot talk about Steve Trevor without yeah. bringing up the invisible jet. Everything before and after oh. it is a really exactly the groan exactly. <laughs> so, like I said before at the beginning of the movie, if you're watching a movie that you're really enjoying, lots of things are popping off and going right. You can easily let some things go right. In my head, I was thinking like, oh god, he's about to fly a modern plane. Uh, there's no conceivable way he could do that, even if he was yeah. a pilot back in the day. Even if he understands how flight works at a mechanical level, he has never been in a jet before. There's no way the console is the same. Huh? The last plane I saw him fly, uh, besides the one at the very end of the first one, that bomber, which technically he was just barely flying because he like was a just going to blow it up. It was like a plane made out of canvas, right? Yeah. It was like it was like literally <laughs> barely removed from a Wright Brothers plane. So. I was like, okay, I can let this go. I can let it go that he knows how to fly a jet just because it's going to move the plot along, right? We're just going to get over to Egypt. I know that there's going to be an action scene because it had been a while. I was looking at my figurative watch. I was like, it's been a while since we've had an action set piece. The action is my favorite part about the Wonder Woman franchise. I'm looking forward to the next set piece, and I just need to get there. So fine, he can fly the plane. And then they're in the plane, and I guess I'll, I'll let you talk about the invisibility. Uh, but they're just like, oh, look, it's the 4th of July. All right, duh, it's the 4th of July. It's just like, really? We're- really? I mean, it's, I don't know. They they, they, they should have just been like flying over a theme park or something. They have fireworks all the time. It's just like, oh, I forgot it was like the nation's holiday, uh-huh. right? Aren't you a world, aren't you a pilot? Oh, maybe we should have had a, maybe we should have talked about this for a second that it was this holiday. Oh, well, I don't know. So- Talk to me about the invisibility, Chris. <laughs> So normally she has a physical jet that is just invisible to the eyes, right? Like mechanically invisible. My thought was, again, I want to say my favorite line of this was, uh, he says, well, shit, Diana in this scene, which was one of my favorite lines, by the way, because he found about radar. I thought that he were getting maybe into like, like the way she walked onto the runway very astutely like confidently like she almost i almost thought she owned the place right like she's she a had a badge she, yeah like really <laughs> i thought she was walking to like something she's like hey we've been working on this technology to make stuff invisible is how i thought mm-hmm. this was gonna go right like i'm like oh she picked this jet or these planes specifically have invisibility they were testing different ones perfect no she is apparently just waving her hands around in her lap to turn things she touches invisible 
but not everything's invisible. Just the outside of the plane is invisible. You can I mean, still see app- everything inside. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the confidence and the effort of trying to make the invisible plane serious, right? Yeah. It's always been kind of a goofy thing that's been made fun of. I think Family Guy's poked fun of it. I'm sure Robot Chicken has poked fun of it. Oh, yeah. You know, because in the classic comic book, she's just like sitting in thin air, flying around, and it's just kind of goofy, right? So I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe they're going to do the invisible jet. You know, this will be like a funny little nod, nod, wink, wink to the comic books. And then when they pull it off it just doesn't it's just unaffected right it's just like oh crap there's radar but then all of a sudden they're off the radar like why is like nobody like more shocked and and trying to follow this up and also at the same point is like just don't make it a thing like you could have dropped the idea that there's air traffic controllers you could have totally dropped the idea of the invisibility jet at, and then just have them flying. Like, it just felt like conflict that was shoehorned in this just is an, to make the jet invisible. An ability she's picked up in the past 60 years that she just somehow happens to use. In this, didn't use it any other time. Like, it was just, hey, yeah. I got this ability I've been working that on. Oh, boom, been, invisible. That should have been how she solved the problem at the very end with Pedro Pascal. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but you have a lot of really uh, well-trained, expensive writers at your hand. Maybe she made some sort of secret MacGuffin invisible and that tricked him or something like that. Like, you know, make a wall invisible and have him walk into it or put a rake on the ground and make it invisible. I don't know. That would have been cool to see followed up. And and, and it was completely dropped after this, right? After Egypt, completely Mm -hmm. dropped. Um, And then she can fly. Like 15 minutes later, she's like, I don't need no invisible plane. I can fly. So I guess that's the last we see of an invisible plane, literally and figuratively. Uh, yeah, and the the flight thing, you know, you know, if you want Wonder Woman to start flying eventually, you know, that's fine. If you want that to be uh, part of her character, because that is part of her character in the comic books and a lot of the yeah. animated stuff, I would have been totally fine if she stayed on the ground. Because if you're really looking at this canon wise, like why wouldn't she flying in Batman versus Superman or Justice League? Yeah. But you know, if you want to create this whole other universe with Wonder Woman, I'm totally okay with that because those ended up being a bust for the character. Uh, so, but it just like what. Pro- Problem did it really solve like obviously there's like a tick and clock with Pedro Pascal but it never seemed that pressing uh, mm-hmm. Diana has always seemed superhuman always had was always resourceful I mean they picked up a freaking jet to get to Cairo and it seemed like no time at all I don't know exactly how fast right. the jet can fly but it just seemed like it it wasn't a problem that that needed to be solved right you could have just easily just had her cut to outside of that facility right I never thought like oh she's never going to make it there on time I hope she learns how to fly you know well, she could have so just swung on lightning all the way there <laughs> let's, 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 let's pump let's pump our brakes here because all right, all right, all right. because there are she, that she where did she learn to whip lightning Okay, was that was that in the first movie? It was at lightning whipping school, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Secondly, <laughs> she's got a damn metal outfit with wings. Do you think the wings could have flown her there? I would have not <laughs> been. I would have not been surprised at all. If she like came in flying with the wings, right? Like literally, like okay, the suits helped her fly. Perfect. This suit lasted all of maybe five minutes. Like right, like it, like she used it to block some some hits from from barbara and that mm-hmm. was it i'm like this is the waste of fucking setting the suit up for it to be some masterpiece like literally it, she didn't even use it to beat barbara she electrocuted barbara yeah in the and water it would have it, made more sense too if she needed the suit before she renounced her wish right yeah. because she needed that extra edge because she was losing her power so the suit just seemed wasted and it, and it was a, and it was a, a bit of a bummer because when they did reveal that suit in the trailers back in the day I saw a lot of people online who were really hardcore Wonder Woman fans going oh my god I can't believe they're doing the suit I can't believe they're bringing that suit to screen this is going to be amazing and wow did it yeah. not do anything yeah. I mean this superhuman suit was really just kind of destroyed that easily by a well, cat you know <laughs> we'll talk about why this suit was introduced but i want to talk about this cat lady okay uh, so i'm going to draw a parallel here i said in the middle of this movie out loud have you seen the amazing spider-man 2 yes uh oh yes jamie fox i was getting jamie this, fox vibes this is a ele- as- <laughs> this is the electro character again some very very timid nerd who wants to be very social and like everybody suddenly gets powers and then the power corrupts him as it goes to their head, like I, I will be, I will be fair to this movie and say, even though I wasn't a big fan of it overall, I think they did do a better job than Electro. Well, and I Amazing agree, Spider-Man, but too. but there's a very like a hard parallel. I'm like, this is it. So 
because she had chances to redeem her humanity throughout this. Like even like she was feeding the homeless guy, right? Like mm-hmm. then he sees her like almost murder that creepy stalker dude. Sure, he deserved it, but like she's like, mind your business. Like not like, oh my god, what have I me coming? Like she had no struggle with this evolution at all, which was weird. I- I thought we might be getting like a little bit of a switcheroo, right? That like they made her character to be such a positive force in the world at the beginning. I was like, oh, maybe they're going to kind of do a little MCU for us. And it's going to be like the scrolls where like, oh, Cheetah's actually going to be good. And they're going to team up to fight Pedro at the end. Yeah, exactly. And they could have like done fake scenes in the, in the trailers, but like mm-hmm. really nothing. So when she goes through all this and she's like, I don't want to give up anything fine whatever but then she gets a second wish the only person in the in the, the whole thing to get a second wish right so mm-hmm. everybody, else gets, everybody gets one tell him peter apparently everybody gets one um <laughs> is that you know she's like i want to become an apex predator which is a cheetah uh, yeah, this this was something i kept bringing up to my wife uh throughout the entire film leading up to it i was just like at some point in time Kristen wig becomes a cheetah and I'm really curious how they're going to pull it off because that's such a goofy thing, right? That's rooted in very kind of like gold, gold age um, mm-hmm. era comic books, right? Somebody turning into a cheetah. Uh, so how how are we going to pull that off? You know, you know when she says apex predator, yeah, how does it turn into a cheetah? Like I was almost expecting it to be like a prank on her right yeah. where like maxwell lord like is just trying to get her out of the way and like maybe he looks at like a statue of a cheetah it's like oh that's what i'll do i'll turn you into a cheetah i need, I need this yeah. to happen quickly but like she wasn't obsessed with cheetahs like i know she liked her cheetah heels at the beginning of the movie but like mm-hmm. you almost expect to go into her office and she's more of a zoologist right but she was no she was into minerals and gems like right. I was, I thought she might be more infatuated with animals, and she really well, wasn't. No one in their right mind thinks a cheetah is the king of the jungle. Yeah, it's uh, a lion. It's <laughs> a lion, right? So, and, and she, and I think she's the only person, like maybe in this, who like m- like physically changed as well. Uh, so, like this is, it was just a very weird. And people have complained about the CG with her. I, I don't. It didn't bother me. I mean, I'm well, not. They're the worst CGI things, but like it only bothered me because it didn't look like Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like they they made this scene first and then they went out and looked for an actress because I I didn't get Kristen Wiig vibes yeah. from from the CG character at all. And the end fight scene with her wasn't too exciting. Like no. uh, at first they were like swinging on the um, swinging on the power lines, but. Yeah, it was just like okay, well, she's swinging on the power line. She's swinging on the last. I don't. Who's got the upper hand here? I'm not really tracking what's exactly yeah. happening here. Like, why is the cheetah like? Why is the cheetah so strong? I mean, I just, I just didn't really get it. Like, why doesn't Barbara or, or why doesn't Diana have the upper hand here? She's got her powers back. I just didn't understand what yeah. made cheetah so special. Really, you know, it, it, know. it was very. It was just. Um, it was uh, again a hard cut from like. I want to be an apex predator. Bam! Well, now you're a cheetah with superpowers. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Try not to laugh hysterically. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, I, the the whole thing just very felt like it felt like the electro character, like the parallels. Mm-hmm. Again, like, I agree, Kristen Wiig. I mean, even Jamie Foxx is a good actor, but I think the writing for this, like, oh no, I don't want to give up my better life, was better than Electro accidentally becoming electrocuted and becoming a villain. But like th- that parallel was, I was like, man, this is amazing Spider-Man two through and through. Um, at the end of it, so I yeah, it was just it was just awful. So let's let's end this. I think uh, in the last character is, is of course Diana, right? Um, mm-hmm. Gal Gadot, Gadot, whatever you want to call her. Um, she does a great job in all this. I really I think she she's a great Wonder Woman, and I I can't fault her as an actress. Uh, with the everything kind of falling apart around her in this movie, like I I think she she sells it throughout the whole thing, kind of thing. Like as Diana Prince, you know, the confident person who's researching stuff but also like you know um you know saving people and being being wonder woman um it's just weird that she was obsessed with steve trevor for 60 something years Uh, (laughs) yeah it it really made you think what why are we in 1984 besides the fact that this is when when maxwell lord finds that stone what is so special about this time in gal gadot's life was she really just kind of going through the motions for that long just on in normal human society until something special mm-hmm. came along like it makes you think like really is there nothing that happened between the first film and the second film that's wor- worthy of a movie it made a lot of sense putting this in the 80s because you don't have to worry about butting up against you know the justice league and batman versus superman you gotta get to tell wonder woman's own story without bringing in all of these other superheroes but 
I was really craving something extra special out of the film, right? Like we're yeah. so used to these, these second or third phase Marvel movies, like bringing in like a duo or bringing in another character or somebody else like to round out the cast with a little bit of X factor. And this movie is kind of really missing the X factor. Uh, it was the, the post credit scene was kind of fun bringing in the uh, classic wonder woman who was actually the original, uh, yes. I don't remember the character. So Linda, Linda Carter um, played Asteria. This is the lady who had the golden armor, and that's yes, why yes, the golden yes. armor was really brought into this to bring in Linda Carter at the end of the movie, I think. And I'm like, that was kind of not well, yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those are the those are the those are the things that I love. Yeah the most about superhero comic book movies, right? Is when they branch out and they're doing like little cameos or they're doing connections to other she stories. She should have been in the movie. Like, it's like a scene. They, like, how do you beat this, Asteria? Tell me your secrets. Yeah, that would have been fun. It just, I just felt so disconnected from this film. I just really never got into it. At the very beginning, I did like the idea of Diana just kind of being this wayward soul, right? I was kind of digging that vibe of, you know, she eats dinner by herself. You know, she goes to the office. Office. You know, she saves some people on her side, but like really, you know, what's it like being somebody that never ages in the human world, right? Mm -hmm. If you fall in love, you're always going to be the same age. You're always going to look the same. It's really hard to connect with yeah. people, uh, you know, because you can't tell people the real truth about you. They even showed a picture of her with the original... Um, her assistant, little, yeah, her uh, assistant. that was it, it, that was aging. I don't remember the actress's uh, see, name. Look, let's see if they would have started the movie with her funeral and be like, "It's eighty four, and all of her original friends have died." Yes, would have that, been like, that, "That's the point right here." That's, that's why the it's perfect 84. example. Yeah, that's why we're here. So it's just like I was really interested in that. Like, oh, what is that like to be Diana? But then all of a sudden we go off on this uh, weird adventure that, you know, just doesn't make any sense, doesn't really have any rules. Um, she seems very selfish to bring back Steve and leave him around and not think about any of the consequences, right? Mm -hmm. She seems to be more of a fully-fledged hero in person. I, I just, it's hard for me to imagine her being that naive, right. even though, like, she loved him that much, right? You know, yeah. like, obviously, I, I've never dealt with uh, uh, the death of, like, a uh, like a romantic loved one like Gal Gadot dealt with. So I, I guess I can't impose my own feelings on it. But like if it's been 60, 50 years, I feel like she would have moved on a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to be that type of person that says like, oh, your loss is meaningless. But there should have been a little bit well, more development in her life over and, these years. And she would have been at least smart enough to be like, look, I, you know, I, I can't keep you forever. I become better. You know, you know, since you've been gone, I've learned a lot as well. So like, you know, I can't keep you forever. My, like, she didn't have that uh, selflessness. I mean, I know she made a big deal. Like, I've never asked for anything. But at the same time, I was like, have you not grown since 1917 or whatever the first movie was? Because I feel like you should have at this point. Yeah. But, but but I mean, you know, if we did, if we brought it back around to the actors, the best part about this film and this technically franchise now that they are building are the performances are all really, really great. It would be insane if we ever saw Chris Pine again. Do not bring him back. He was mm -hmm. brought back very ham-fistedly here. Uh, so we know he's not going to be returning, or they're just putting the last nail in the coffin, in my opinion. But Galvano, great performance. Kristen Wiig, I don't really know how yeah. that's going to develop moving forward. But, I, you know, she she's a very, very good actor. Well, Pedro Pascal was amazing. Uh, you know, we got to go back and see some of the original Amazonians on the island, like Robin Wright. Uh, so all of that stuff is great. There's so much good going on with this franchise and this universe, but... This one, they just they just missed the mark, well, right? They just missed the mark. But Patty Jenkins, they should all consider themselves very, very lucky that this did come out on HBO Max. Now they can obscure the story, right? Yeah. You know, they can they don't have to they don't have to bow down to the box office numbers. You know, they don't have to reveal the real truth of you know this movie. Um, but at the end of the day, we did we just nailed this movie hard for yeah. a while. We I think we've been talking about maybe about an hour about how much we didn't like this movie. But I do need to come around and say this was not an awful movie. No, but no. man, do parts of this movie just get you frustrated, right? Yeah, there's a lot of here's the thing, and I think we talked about it at the beginning is there's so much potential with Wonder Woman. We know how good it can be. Mm -hmm. So why did we get this? Why did we why did we get this piece where it's like a little vignettes of things that, you know, fan service really throughout the whole thing? Like, oh, you 
Got a fanfic about Steve Trevor coming back? Well, let's here it is. Here's a cool <laughs> thing for the invisible jet. Oh, now she can fly. Boom, roasted. So I, there's just a lot of like pieces that don't connect to the big hole. Like you said, you know, there's no overarching. Like the plot is there, but how do you get there is very, very disconnected. I would tell you the only other thing I would change to this is I would have brought Linda Carter in as Hysteria earlier, and and Wonder Woman goes and finds her, and she tells her, "Hey, this is the guy that created this magical stone, right? And here's how you uh. beat it." and use my ancient wisdom to, to help you rather than just be like, oh, we'll throw her maybe, in the end credits catching a yeah. pole. Maybe she could have been like the host of the games, right? In the trophy giving ceremony, maybe she's there delivering it, but then they have to change the, her back. Well, she'd have to her. figure out how to get out uh, because she's been out in the real world for thousands of years. She would have that experience, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of, like they could have used that and, and tapped more into Themyscira and Wonder Woman's, history and pantheon of gods when they just said no this time it's a rock dude um it's not even a real rock it's just a fake rock according to the the mineral enthusiast if you will. oh yeah that that was confusing for me too i had to ask my wife i was like okay wait a minute is this rock fake like is it made of did somebody just pour it out of acrylic or is it just a normal rock that has no value to it so it was a very weird yeah. way to describe but, the rock when we first saw it yeah but you're right like overall it's it's, it's not the worst thing in the world it's not the worst thing i've seen this year by by far, but I think you know that we've seen so much good come out of Wonder Woman as a whole, and, mm-hmm. and she was a a bright shining light in the DCEU. To to see it just do something so mediocre is disheartening. At, at yeah, the end of the day. It, it's funny. Like you know, I you know the way if you <laughs> depends on how you look at money and payments, right? I I'm going to be having HBO Max no matter what, right? You know, I love their catalog. You know, I want to watch the stuff that Warner Brothers, AT and T, uh, corporate conglomerate owns, right? So technically the way I look at it, I got to watch Wonder Woman 1984 for free. But as we mentioned at the top of the show, not everybody has HBO. Not everybody has HBO Max. So would I tell somebody to sign up for the service specifically just to watch Wonder Woman 84? Maybe, maybe not. But I would say the the sell is more, oh, there's so much more on HBO Max that I think is very, very great. You can watch Uh, both Wonder Woman movies. For your for yeah. your twelve dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, if you if you want awesome comic book stuff, you know, uh, go watch uh, go watch uh, HBO's The Watchmen, right? You can watch that yeah. with your HBO Max subscription, and then you'll get a little bit of Wonder Woman or, on and the, the side, right? The Wonder Woman original TV show from the seventies with Linda Carter's all on there now. So, oh yeah, that's right. So you you can get all your Wonder Woman on there, whether you like it all or not. That's up to you, mm-hmm. but but it's there. Yeah, I think the first thing I did after the movie was over, I was like, okay, I can finally mm-hmm. go out on the internet, see what people have been talking about, because I was dodging so many spoilers, Chris, because yeah. so many people got to this movie so quickly, and I had to yeah. wait a day, and uh, uh, so I was like, oh, what's everybody thinking? And I think I checked the the, the Rotten Tomato score, and it was it was sitting about like a 71, mm-hmm. and I saw that, and I was like, I can agree with that. That's it's, 71 it's dropped. really... Oh, okay. It, like, it, yeah, it, it, it still... went from certified fresh to below certified fresh. Uh, okay. So, but when it was at that 71, I was like, that feels, that feels yeah. about right. So, yeah, this is a little unfortunate. Definitely a dip in the franchise. Um, you know, I th- saw, I saw somebody describe it very, very well. If this was a superhero sequel, this is more of a Thor of the Dark World. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that seems and about right. Patty Jenkins they turned t- that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Uh, but they were able to turn Thor around, but they yeah. used a different director. They went a totally different range. They pretty much ch- yeah. totally well, changed the characterization of the character. Uh, but that's not the problem you, in this film. It's the plot you, that's the problem. You mentioned, hey, what, well, well, now we have this world set with these characters. The next movie's not going to be in the past anymore. It'll be in the future. So that's another 40-plus years. So, mm-hmm. like, what are they going to do with that? Just forget this one ever happened? Sure, why yeah, not? <laughs> I, it, make, it makes you think, like, Jason Momoa's got to pop up in her movie, right? Somebody, like, Shazam's got to show up. There's got to be some sort of DC synergy. Yeah. Because that is... That is the apex of these movies. Like, forget apex predators, uh, apex uh, uh, superhero uh, universes. You got to bring in another superhero, right? I want to see some. I want to see some awesome team ups in the future. So. Even even Captain Marvel brought Nick Fury into the fold and de-aged him for a whole movie, so they'd have a team <laughs> up, right? I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, they. It's possible in the '80s to bring somebody in there. I would have liked mm. to see a cameo from either a young Clark or a young Bruce. Um, oh, yeah. Like saying what their wishes were, right? Like, literally, all these characters, I think, maybe except the Flash, were around in Cyborg mm-hmm. in the 84. So they could have literally cut to those characters and be like, what did Bruce Wayne wish for? He wants his parents back. You know, how does that mm. How does that happen? And I mean, what does Superman wish for? He wishes to be normal. 
kind of yeah. thing. Like there's talk, opportunity talk about, they could have used. Talk about the cataclysmic waves of the universe, right? We talk about the blip in the MCU and how that just changes everybody's life forever. Like not, nothing got reversed. We didn't roll back time. Yeah. Everybody saw a wall come out of nowhere in the middle of Egypt, right? Everybody yeah. had these things happen and then things, uh, you know, vanished sometimes some things disintegrated yeah. so some guys got I, a farm in the middle of dc now i don't know <laughs> yeah but then it was blipped away so is the cow yeah. poop still there i don't know but uh yeah i don't know exactly how you build on this movie specifically but they're obviously going to be making a third wonder woman film they can obviously still turn it around uh do we think patty jenkins is the one to do it i don't Ooh, know no <laughs> nobody is above criticism and i'm not trying I'm, I'm not trying to be like a you know an armchair quarterback yeah. going oh me over here sitting on this podcast telling this director how to do their job but it's just like n- no nobody save any all-star director that makes something amazing the next thing they make could always go the wrong way yeah. so that's actually one thing that i really love about hollywood and the movie industry and tv it's just you never know what's going to pop pop off you never know what's going to sink mm-hmm. you don't know what obscure person's going to come out of nowhere and make somebody amazing you don't know if a director who's making who's made stuff like happy feet and kids movies for years comes back and some, some may say an elderly state and give us mad max fury road you just never you never know what's going right. to happen you can't predict it never bet on something happening in hollywood because you're going to be wrong so yeah. i i hope i hope things change i hope things turn around maybe patty jenkins just needs to move on to something new and is going to make the best star wars movie that that we've seen in years. God, I, I, ha- I I always have hope, but uh, I, I can always uh, I can always be a little nervous. Right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna start being a little nervous. Uh, you know, it just I mean, not it's not necessarily bad, but like you know, what what do you do with a fran? Like you're given the, the 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 golden child of a franchise, and you just give us something standard. So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, Mike, that's our review for Wonder Woman. Let's uh, wrap it up. We got some other stuff to get going, so people know what's up. Where can they find you? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? And you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, people want to know more about our show, our regularly scheduled news program, where can they find that at? Oh, you got to visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find everything that we do on the show. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking about Soul here in a second. And if you're subscribed, I guess it depends on what order Chris uploads the podcast. So if, if you're watching it in an order, I don't know if Soul's going to be next. Just look down at your phone. It's not that hard. Uh, but you got to head on, on over to SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com dot com slash store reach out we love hearing from you what did you think about wonder woman i am not going to be offended if you say you liked this movie yeah i'm not going to be surprised if you said you hated this movie this movie's kind of all over the map it's in this weird zone so what did you think about wonder woman 1984 did you have hbo max did you seek it out were you a weird person that was somehow able to see it in theaters that that changed your experience of it uh reach out let us know we'd love to talk about it on the show uh because we, uh because we're here we're here every week folks we're here all the time no matter what talking about news so uh if you want to be a super fan of the show and show your support all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week and we're in in 2020 with a couple episodes here so stay tuned for our review of soul and also uh just the normal superhero news that we talk about every week we'll be recording that soon as well so we love you guys all right we'll see you all right bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe um all right let's do this three two one